This episode is brought to you by Auth0. That's Auth0.com. In this episode, we get to speak with software engineer educator Kent C. Dodds. We discuss... Kent uses his undo, the dad jokes continue, and building a community. Welcome to Thunder Nerds. I'm Brian Hinton. And I'm Frederick Philip Von Weiss. And thank you so much for consuming the Thunder Nerds, a conversation with the people behind the technology that love what they do. And do tech good. good. Ah. Thanks everyone for watching the show again. And uh, if you have questions, please ask them and we will answer them in the order they are received. And also, if you can, please go to the YouTubes. Go to youtube.com slash thundernerds. Subscribe, hit the notification bell to get seven years of good luck. Brian Hinton. Seven years, I like that. Uh, yeah, I'd like to thank the uh, thank Auth0 for returning as this season's sponsor. They make it easy for developers to build a custom, secure, and standards-based unified login by providing authentication and authorization as a service. Uh, to try it out, go to auth0.com. Uh, also, check out Auth0 on both YouTube and Twitch under username Auth0. They have some great developer resources and streams. And of course, Avocado Labs they, is an online destination that their developer ad gets run where they organize some great meetup events. Again, thank you, Auth0, and check out auth0.com today. Yes, thank you so much. Auth0 and Brian, thank you. So let's go ahead and get to our guest without any other further yeah. adieus. Brian, we have software engineer educator, Kent C. Dodds. Kent, <laughs> welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. I'm super happy to be here. We're super happy to have you, Kent. Um, how are things going for you? How have you been? What's new for you, Kent? Oh, um, well... What's new, it's actually mostly I'm working kind of behind the scenes on some stuff. Um, there's, I, I've been, you know, I, I write a blog post every week and I, I do like kind of my regular stuff. I have a three minute podcast and stuff that I keep up with, but nothing big and exciting um, yet. I'm, I'm working behind the scenes on that sort of thing. Um, my, my biggest exciting thing was Epic React and, and that took a lot out of me. So it's, yeah, just kind of chilling, hanging out with the family a lot. <laughs> Nice. And uh, just, just to say hello to everybody that's saying hi. Thanks, everybody, for uh, for watching. And apparently, uh, you also really love the Thundercats reference. So. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I, actually, I, like that you... I, I didn't oh, grow up with Thundercats or anything, but my uh, my roommate in college just thought they were the best. And, and so, yeah, I, I definitely caught that reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I always loved. I've loved Thundercats, and uh, what's the other one? The Silverhawks or Silverhawks? Uh, yeah, yeah. Silver... <laughs> Love the great one. Yeah, that enemy, the the weird squid guy, super cool. Loved it. Speaking of weird squid people, Kent, let's talk about what's going <laughs> on uh, with currently the COVIDs. How how has that affected mm. you? And um, uh, obviously, we we have some. Uh, corner turning that, that we may be uh, approaching soon with with vaccines being distributed to everyone. 
what's uh how is this a first how has this affected you and your professional life and uh how's the outcome uh going forward look to you yeah uh so 2020 was the the year of like pain and suffering and 2021 is the year <laughs> of hope um and yeah I, I was working remote and uh, everything already. Lots of my workshops were remote. And so um, I don't think I was impacted as much by COVID as lots of people. Um, but uh, I, I certainly was. My kids started doing school at home. And, and so my wife had to take care of them. And I needed to take care of the younger kids who weren't in school. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was definitely tricky. But, you know, I, I wasn't hit as hard as some people were, you know, um, they're single parents or they, uh, both of the parents need to work. And so you need to figure out different things. So I was really lucky in that way, um, that it, it didn't impact me as much as, um, some of my friends and family. So yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. like as far as this year, I, I'm totally, uh, excited about vaccines becoming available. I'm, I'd say I'm cautiously optimistic, uh, about the future here. It's good to be cautious. Uh, who who knows what happens? I mean, I think there was some stuff written about the uh, vaccine in South Africa that the with the blood clots, etc., things like that. But um, but it looks like we're doing pretty good with the three vaccines that we do have available in the states. So let's all cross our fingers and toes, and uh, <laughs> yeah. hopefully that will get distributed soon. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's really hard to know what to believe, right? Because you, you hear stuff like that and you're like, I mean, is how many cases are there? Like, what, who who's financing this uh, report, right? It all comes down to where where's the money coming from? That's where the incentives are as far as business is concerned. And, and so you just, you don't know what to trust online because you hear oh God, such yeah. a wide <laughs> variety of reports on different things. So you you talked about that you have kids you have three children if I'm correct where four you, four. Yeah, four, four children yeah wow Kent <laughs> okay let me I I ABC you everywhere but let me and then I'm sure you alphabet get this all the time but where do you find the time where where how do you how do you do what you do you put out a lot of content you have four children I have one child and I I can't find the time to do what you do. Uh, could you explain clone in the closet behind him? <laughs> is it what it is? Can't you have a clone? Could you confirm that? No. Um, yeah. I, Rumors so, aren't true. Like, first, I want to. Uh, I'll just say that uh, having one child is a lot of work. Uh, so it's. Uh, I sometimes I feel kind of weird when uh, people compare because I am child number eleven of twelve in my oh, family. Wow, <laughs> that's impressive. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like four is like whatever, you know. <laughs> Um, but I, I don't know it. Um, my wife is a full-time mom and she has been since we started having kids. And so of course that helps a, a enormous amount. Um, and, uh, and, um, I don't know, I, I focus my effort on like when I'm working, I'm working. And when I'm with my family, I'm with my family. And I, I feel like I do a pretty okay, uh, job. And, uh, I do have a blog post called how I'm so productive that I wrote back when I did have a full-time job. Because uh, now I'm I'm full-time educator. I work for myself. I do whatever I want, um, and uh, and whatever I want happens to be like very public, and so you see all of the things that I do. Um, but uh, when I was at PayPal, a lot of people were like, "How do you do all this stuff and have a full-time job?" And and uh, so I have that blog post that people can go take a look at because it 
um, is maybe a little more relatable to people than than I am right now um, being a self-employed. I like we have one of the comments here. I don't have children and I can't do what Kent <laughs> did. So <laughs> maybe we could take it away from the whole thing about you having four children and talk about how you actually do what you do. Where did you get the um, inspiration to be a educator? One, uh, why why are you um, in, in, in this industry? Where, where does the passion come from? And we'll, we'll start there. Yeah, sure. So um, I've always been a teacher. Uh, I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And when, uh, like all the way back to when I was a kid, we spoke in church. It was just like an expected thing that you did every uh, few months or so. And so I, um, getting up in front of people was something that um, I became comfortable doing at a very young age. And uh it was just a very natural thing for me when I started learning how to write software uh, to get up and, and teach what I'm learning. Uh, I, I volunteered to be a tutor and help people in, in our classes. And I, I hosted a mini workshop that I put together for my classmates. Uh, it just was something that I enjoyed. And uh, I've come to learn also that it's a great way to solidify what you're trying to learn. And so it's kind of a, uh, a great mechanism for, um, for learning and getting really good at whatever it is you're trying to get good at. Yeah, the learn, teach, code kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and um, I spend a lot of time um, thinking about, like, as, as I'm learning a new thing, um, I don't... Uh, I don't just gloss over the things where like I hack something together and then, oh, it works. Let's move on. I That's not what I do. And this is why I'm really bad at like hack night projects and stuff because I can never finish. Mm -hmm. I have to understand exactly what's going on and why why things are working or not working. Uh, and, and it's the teacher side of me because I'm always thinking if somebody were to come uh, to a workshop that I was giving teaching about this, they would ask me why and I wouldn't be able to answer them. And I, I need to be able to answer them. Uh, so... Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where uh, where things come come in. And when I started getting money for this, like it started like paying my mortgage and stuff, then it was like, oh, wow, I can take this thing that I enjoy on the side and I can um, like build up this passive income stream and pay my mortgage. And and that's uh, that was pretty cool. That makes me think of, too, that you have this. Um, I, I don't see this very often, but I see that you have this transparency uh, page on your website that communicates exactly if somebody is going to contribute, what that means, where the money goes. Where did that idea come from? I, I love that idea. I think more people should have something along those lines. Do you mind um, elaborating on where the uh, where the Phil Collins, the Genesis came for that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, so I, uh, it was a few weeks ago, actually, I, this page is pretty mm -hmm. new. Um, and Clubhouse was getting really popular and people were excited mm -hmm. about it. And I was just kind of concerned because I had no idea where they made their money. And, um, and I, I've, over the last few years, I've just started to realize that like money is where businesses get their incentives. And so if you understand where the money's coming from, then you have a much clearer picture of, uh, you know, the angle that they're coming from. So like, for example, if there's a, a, a news article that is very, um, like talking very antagonistically about uh, renewable energy, and then you find out that it's funded by um, big oil, then, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. Maybe I should research this a little deeper mm. and, and see like 
where their stats are coming from. Uh, so yeah, the money you, you got to follow the money to, to get a sense of where like whether they're going to sell the user's data in the future and stuff. Um, so anyway, the you know lots of companies don't tell you where their money comes from, um, or like we know where their money comes from, and and it it's the reason that lots of the incentives are screwed up. Like Twitter, Facebook, and Google are really great examples of this, uh, and so. Um, I, as uh, Clubhouse was getting popular, I was just tweeting about how I think, hey, like, um, I'm just a little bit concerned about where, uh, like, whether Clubhouse is going to do right by its users when it starts to actually need to make money. And, um, and I said, I think every company should create a page that says where their money comes from. And if they don't know yet, like they're just getting started, then they should say, like, make a stand on whether they're ever going to sell their users data and stuff like that. Um, so like some of the things they will do and they won't do um, sort of thing. And then I realized, wait a second, I have a company. <laughs> so I was like, well, I guess I should do that myself. <laughs> and so that's where the transparency page came from. And actually, um, I have removed some sources of income because they didn't align well with my mission. For example, I took YouTube ads off of my YouTube channel because my mission is um, not pushed any further forward by um, showing people ads before my videos. That's that's not where I'm making my money, right? Like there, there are plenty of YouTube creators, they're making money on YouTube, that's that's their thing. My, my YouTube stuff is like three hour live streams of me just like coding and stuff, or or I have weekly office hours and, and they're recordings of that. So that I guess is sort of kind of useful, but it's that's not where I'm going to get my money. That's that's where I go to say, hey, like I'm, I'm creating content, you can trust me, I'm a creator. And if you want to, um, you know, get more of this and higher quality and, and whatever, then you can go to my courses and stuff. Uh, so that's anyway, um, the the transparency page kind of helped me focus a little bit more on my primary mission as a company, uh, which has been a really positive thing. I, I'm really glad about this trans transparency page, and I hope that we get a lot more companies doing this sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I I love that. It it should just be something that it's kind of like privacy. Like we are we're so concerned about privacy, um, but like same same thing. We should be concerned about you know what governments you know get their money and and even in some sense where they spend their money. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I love going back to what you said earlier about how you like to dive deep into what you're uh, working on. I can always tell. I'm like, oh, he's working on something because like all the TypeScript <laughs> posts right now, I'm like, he's totally going to be writing something or updating something in Epic React or, or he's doing something TypeScript right now. So I'm, I'm just curious, are you, uh, what are you working on now with TypeScript? Because I, I assume you're about to do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that actually kind of goes back to the, the productivity question where uh, people say, wow, he just does so much stuff. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, I guess so, but I think we all do a lot of stuff. I'm just extremely public about it. There are very mm -hmm. few things that I do not share with the world of what I'm doing um, uh, from a business standpoint. And so, yeah, like you see me talking about Remix and TypeScript is because I'm using those tools right now. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it's, they're just like constantly on my mind. And so, yes, I am working on a TypeScript thing. Right now I'm in the, I, I've been using TypeScript for three years, but I, um, I've been kind of not on more on the abstraction side, um, which is different kind of TypeScript than building application side. And I want to get into uh, teaching people how to write TypeScript to build applications. And so um, I've been doing a lot of that as practice to prepare for uh, a series of workshops or maybe just one or two workshops 
on uh, on TypeScript. And the, the big reason for that is because um, I'm going to revamp te testingjavascript.com and epicreact.dev to be 100% TypeScript. And I know a lot of people are like, oh no, don't do that. Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say a lot. Uh, if you are that person, you're in a very small <laughs> of the JavaScript world. There are most people are way into TypeScript. Um, so anyway, there are a lot of people who, or a fair amount of people who, don't want to do TypeScript or or they're new to TypeScript, and and so I want to have this uh, a TypeScript course that I can say, hey, go take that if you haven't had much experience or or you want to just freshen up, and then. Uh, and then you can go through the rest of this stuff. So yes, there is a TypeScript thing coming, <laughs> a lot of TypeScript things coming your way from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's uh, I just love seeing how much you share. I, w I wish uh, more were more people were as open um, because I, you you've basically built. Um, well, actually, let's just get into that. Uh, the kind of topic that, that I, I want to talk about in this episode is a community and building a community. Um, so your openness, I think, has been like a big catalyst for that. Um, and I've noticed that you're literally everywhere, Kent. Like, <laughs> like I'm not I, in Clubhouse. I don't like, have an iOS device. So. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Maybe next week. The yeah. other day. <laughs> Yeah, the other day we used Crossy and V at, at work, and I and I was Sweet. like, I uh, just <laughs> happened to go to the npm page to look something up. I was like, wait, Ken, what the heck? <laughs> <It's> like, uh -huh. <laughs> I, I feel like at this, I think if I were to look at our packages, at least all of them might have uh, your line, your name somewhere in there. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, how did uh, we talked about you know you getting into teaching? But how did the community aspect really? Start where like your Discord, for instance. I know has you know ten thousand plus active users. Um, uh, where did that all begin? Yeah. Um, so, I when I created testingjavascript.com, um, there wasn't really a great place for learners to learn together and uh, or to to talk with each other about what they're learning or or support each other. And so I ended up fielding a lot of questions on Twitter and. Uh, realize that hey maybe if I create a space for people to talk with each other they'll um, they'll be able to help each other because uh, I, I can only scale so much this is why I create the online courses because um, when I do it as workshops um, I, I can't scale very well it's very expensive and so it's not very accessible and so I can make it a recorded workshop and now it doesn't take my time and so I can uh, drastically reduce the price um, but you lose that side of being able to like learn with other people and um, have access to the instructor. So I make up with the access to the instructor um, by doing my office hours every week and people, anybody can just come and ask me questions. Um, but then I, I also have the community where people can go and talk in, uh, with each other and help each other out. Uh, so I started with actually Spectrum, uh, spectrum.chat. Um, and that worked out okay-ish, um, but as I was ramping up Epic React, I just thought, you know, I, I feel like we're we're missing something here. And I knew that uh, Reactiveflex had moved over to Discord. They've been there for a while. Um, I wasn't really involved, but I decided, you know, I'm just going to try it. And I, I created a, a Discord in like an hour, um, made the, the images and whatever, and uh, set up the roles and stuff. Um, but right, I think it was before I open, opened it up or no, it was, yeah, it was after, um, I really wanted to make sure that people who, um, who joined the discord, uh, would read the code of conduct. So that was a very important thing to me. Mm. If I'm going to be in charge of this, I am going to make sure that uh, it's a safe space for people. 
Um, and so I created a bot that would not let you in until you read the code of conduct. And um, it's like, it's okay to, to be able to, to um, enforce a code of conduct by like banning people from the server and stuff. Um, but I also wanted to get email addresses and stuff as well. Um, not only for like um, managing the code of conduct and stuff, but also like, this is my community, I'm offering this service and I, I think that it's okay for me to ask for your email address so I can let you know when I'm doing stuff. Uh, and so the, the bot is responsible for just onboarding, asking their name and, and, um, and getting their email, making sure that they read the code of conduct. In fact, it says, do you accept the code of conduct? Here it is. And they of course say yes. And then it asks, okay, so because you read the code of conduct, you must know what email address we send uh, you know, <laughs> violation uh, notices to. And like, oh shoot, I guess I need to open the code of conduct. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I, they, I forced them to open the code of conduct at least. Um, and uh, and they, they go through that. Um, so because of that friction that I've added to joining the community, it's a very high quality community of people who are actually active. We don't have any drive-bys and you'd be surprised the number of people who um, joined the Discord and then realized that they created a new account instead of logging into their existing one. And so we have none of those uh, because um, people realize that and then they, they sign into their right account and then they join. Um, and so That's it's me. actually a very high quality. I did that. Uh, community. <laughs> oh, did that happen to you? Oh, yeah. I totally accidentally created an account and had to fix yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I did the same thing uh, in another community. And so now there's this nebulous account just hanging out in some community somewhere. Uh, so yeah, we don't have any of those. And and so that that is like the when we say that we have 10,000 members, that's uh, high activity, um, actual people who uh, participate in the community. So it's, it's a really awesome place. I, I love it there. Yeah, and you even you didn't you open source uh, the bot too, so that others yeah, yeah. Uh, can use it. I know is, of at least well, two other communities that are using the bot. Uh, they like forked it and did their own thing with it. I yeah, love that. Yeah, and I and I mean, kind of piling onto the whole like uh, being efficient with your time, like the uh, learning groups too. That's a, a incredible concept. Could you tell us a little bit about the learning groups? Yeah, so when I did, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, as, as I was uh, creating Epic React, um, I I was gonna go and just record all the workshops because I'd given them so many times I was ready to, to just uh, pull the trigger and go. But I decided uh, I just wanna do one more time. We'll just see, make sure that everything flows nicely and everything. And so I scheduled eight workshops um, and um, I, I opened it up where people could just buy a ticket to all of them. And so then over the course of two months, they'd go through all of these workshops. That's a very fast pace. Um, people don't normally go through Epic React that fast. Um, but uh, yeah, so what I found in that process was that um, the people who, and there were like 30 people who went through all of it. Um, it went really well for them being able to get to know the other people who are learning. And, um, and I, I didn't wanna lose that by going to recorded. Uh, and on top of that, when I do live, I also do breakout rooms where you're in a group of like three or four other developers working through the exercises together. And I didn't want to lose that either. And so I wanted to have some way to say, hey, basically Epic React is supposed to be all of the good parts of workshops with none of the bad parts and all the good parts of a recorded course with none of those bad parts. So it's like the best of both worlds. Um, and the problem with going recorded is now you lose access to the instructor and you lose access to uh, other learners. And so learning, learning clubs is supposed to give you access to the, um, to other people 
to learn and bounce ideas off of. And then uh, my office hours gives people access to me to ask questions um, in a, a live setting. Um, and so what a learning club is, is basically um, my bot facilitates getting a, a group of people who want to go through the material together. And it's, it doesn't have to be any of my material too. Like we have, uh, we've had people going through um, like some rest course and, and a Vim course and a bunch of others. Um, but the idea is uh, you, you have this curriculum you want to go through. There, there's a specific schedule. And then you use the bot to let everybody know that this is a thing that's happening. People sign up on your form that you create. And then uh, you create a little uh, Discord DM or lots of people will just make an entirely different server and, uh, and go through the curriculum together. Uh, it's been really successful. We've had, uh, I, I don't know, maybe like two dozen um, learning clubs that people have started for various, mo most of them is uh, my content, but yeah, for various things. And, uh, you know, there's there's always like the really excited, everybody starts off really excited at the beginning, and then it kind of tapers off and there are maybe four or five people left. But even if it's just two, that that is the success because the accountability that you get by going through curriculum together. Like I can't tell you how many books and courses that I've bought that I haven't gone through at all because I just have no accountability. Um, and uh, having a group of people that I feel accountable to make me more likely to go through it and I'll just get more out of it. So it's it's been a really successful. That's community. If you, if you have a bunch of people together and everybody's learning together and you're, you're talking about the same things, like whether that's a, a conference where we used to go to or <laughs> a book club or what have you, a mastermind, like when you have that kind of a, a pseudo accountability where it's, we all want to learn that same thing, you just get so much out of it. Absolutely. Yep. So yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> One thing, one thing I'm I'm curious about as uh, someone who's who's an educator, what how do you decide what to what you're going to actually create? Um, like, what's your like? How do you get the vibe of the feel of the room, so to speak? Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. I know the answer to this. Uh, well, maybe um, a lot of people will do like a, a Twitter poll, like, "What do you want me to teach?" and stuff. I I've done that in the past. Uh, I found that I'm much more successful if I just teach whatever I'm hyped about and excited about at the moment. So um, there, there's always, uh, unless I decide to go into some like very niche topic of something, um, there's always going to be a market for whatever I'm excited about. And, um, and I'm always way better equipped to teach the things that I'm excited about. This is why I haven't actually taken the time to create a, a TypeScript course until now. Um, is because I haven't been super psyched about TypeScript uh, for the, the years that I've been using it. Uh, and so now I, I am using it a lot and I'm getting excited about it and it's um, be just become naturally interesting to me. And so that's why that's the next thing for me. Uh, yeah, I, I think that Speaking it's- Speaking of which, we got, a, uh, we got a comment about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it definitely is. Um, it, it, I, I like those sort of comments. They're, they're really validating to me because like I, I'm in this box um, by myself all day. Uh, and I, of course I have the community. Yeah. They, keep, they keep you there, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so when I hear people outside of um, this box that say that uh, what I've created has been helpful to them, 
um, it is just really validating. So I appreciate comments like that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I've definitely loved I, uh, and shared the uh, beginner React one. I've used it. A lot of uh, uh, people have joined my team. Some of them are newer to React. And that uh, the one on Egghead, the beginner's guide to React. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's excellent because it actually goes into um, something that I, I feel like a lot of React documentation and lessons just don't, that React is JavaScript. Uh, JavaScript is React, and I really I appreciate that you did that. So, uh, you know, high five to you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my approach for teaching things yeah. in general, if I can help it. And actually, React testing library kind of came out of that uh, method of teaching. Uh, so what I, what I like to do is if we have time for it, I want to take the... Um, <clears throat> the subject that we're trying to learn, an abstraction, and um, remove the abstraction for a second and do what the abstraction is doing in a small way. So um, what you're talking about, Brian, there is um, at the very first lesson of Epic React, we don't actually even touch React, we, or, or sorry, and actually, yeah, Epic React too, um, but Beginner's Guide to React. Uh, we don't touch React, we just pull up an index.html file and we write some JavaScript to create a DOM node and stuff. Um, and so, uh, I, I feel like people are able to draw lines around abstractions a lot better if they understand, at least at a basic level, what that abstraction is responsible for. Um, so when I was uh, getting into teaching testing uh, libraries, and, and uh, Enzyme was the thing at the time, um, I wanted to say, OK, so let's take React DOM, and we'll render this to this div that we have to create ourselves and, and all of that. Um, but the jump from what, um, what you could do with just React DOM.render and Enzyme was just enormous because there were so many utilities that Enzyme offers. And then you have to choose between mount and render and shallow and like all of those things. And um, and that bothered me a little bit. Um, and so I was looking at the exercise where let's just do it with React DOM. And I said, you know what? That, that test is actually not that bad. And I compared that to the test I had to write with Enzyme. I was like, what a, like there are so many concepts in here. I don't want to even, like not only uh, I don't want to have to deal with, but there are lots of other things that I want to tell them. I was going to make a list of like, here, don't do these things with Enzyme because it just enabled you to do a, bit, a lot of bad things. So I was looking at that and I thought, you know what? I could probably just write a little utility around this React DOM.render thing and then just go with run with that. And I did. Like this is like two weeks before I was giving a workshop at Trulia to like 60 people, I decided to create a new library and teach them to use my brand new library, <laughs> which uh, I'm glad that that worked out. <laughs> it was like yeah. a month later, I went to Frontend Masters and did the same thing. And, and that's uh, that was recorded and everything. Yeah, I'm really glad that React Testing Library <laughs> worked out. <laughs> That, yeah, that's great. That's for you. a little last minute there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 uh, but I, I was like convinced that Enzyme was harmful, um, and, and it was. Um, now, the, there were some things, I mean, like if you used it in the right way, it was fine. The problem was that it was just so easy to use it in the wrong way. And the documentation and uh, like comments in GitHub all encouraged people to, to write uh, implementation detail um, focused tests. Uh, and that just was not great. So yeah, React Testing Library is now the most popular and recommended uh, testing library. So that ended up being pretty successful. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. Um, getting, getting back to the community too, one thing I'm curious about, um, do you have long, like what are your next goals with it? Like what do you, what do you, what's the next steps for the community that you built as it continues to grow? Yeah, well, so um, 
a few months ago, these these aren't next steps, but these are recent steps. Um, I I realized that the community was growing beyond KCD. Like it wasn't just like here's the yeah. place to come talk about Kent and his stuff. <laughs> and uh, I had my office hours on there. I would do live streams on there. And um, there were a couple of people who were making a name for themselves in within the KCD community. And I thought, you know, like I should just figure out a way to enable these people to. Um, to serve the community in the same way that I do. Uh, it, just because it's the KCD community doesn't mean I'm the only one who can host to office hours and stuff. So um, kind of in the spirit of Clubhouse, I created this uh, thing called meetups, uh, which is um, a command that you give to the bot to uh, schedule a meetup. You can um, list yourself on one of the people that people can follow. And when you schedule a meetup, all your followers will get a notification that you are streaming. Um, and so this could be like anything. It's basically what Clubhouse is, except you also have video and um, and uh, screen sharing capabilities and stuff. But uh, you can talk about baking, or you can talk about politics, or you could talk about coding. It does like whatever uh, whatever goes. And so now we have people who are uh, hosting their own um, meetups and they're doing their own office hours and stuff like that. Uh, so that's kind of what I've been thinking about for the community is how can I make this uh, just bigger than myself? Uh, because I think that like my mission is to make the world a better place through quality software. And um, that uh, there are a lot of people who can help me in that mission. I, I don't have to do all of that by myself. And there are people who are willing and able to do that within the community. So uh, that's kind of where I'm thinking about with the, or what I'm thinking about with the community is how to enable other people to, to push that mission forward. Well, let me ask you then, if if that's what you're talking about, where what does that look like hypothetically, like best case scenario with uh, three years, five years down the road? What 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 does that look like? <laughs> yeah, it, it's a little bit uh, tricky to measure, uh, make the world better, right? Um, I'm just mean hypothetically, like if you had your choice. Yeah. Um. So I'm mostly interested in um. Like lots of the developers that I uh, am teaching, they're working for a company that's trying to do something useful in the world. At least, hopefully, I can't really control that, but that's I, I have to go with that assumption. Otherwise, I would do nothing, right? So I assume that people are working for companies or building companies themselves that are uh, are making the world better. And uh, if I can help them um, to level up their skills to be able to push their company's mission forward, then that's that's success in my mind. Um, to take it even a step further, more on a personal level, um, if I can help people uh, get a pay raise or a promotion or a job in the first place, uh, that also like that helps their corner of the world be uh, better for them. And uh, that's also a like something that I'm thinking about pretty often. And, and I really enjoy when I hear people telling me, oh, I got a job because of Epic React that this happens. Oh. Uh, every week or so, somebody will say something like that, and that that is really validating to me because that's like right on point with my um, my company's mission. What do you say on the uh, um, kind of flipping on the opposite end? Like, um, all being validated is fantastic, but what happens when you reach the? What do you do when you reach those low points where it's harder for you to like you, you know get in front of the computer and record something or you know work at all? Like, what do you? What are some tips and tricks for people. Yeah, uh, so I um, I have the benefit of being committed to not having deadlines. <laughs> I don't make deadlines for myself. <laughs> I, don't, I don't tell people when something's gonna be out. Um, I do have uh, partner companies, uh, in particular, egghead.io. They are uh, my primary partner for most of the things that I do. 
And um, we have plans that we make together. And then when we're getting closer to something happening, then we, we schedule a date. And sometimes we'll share it, sometimes we won't. Um, but I don't really schedule something to be completed until I get really close to, to that um, thing being done. And because of that, um, I can say, hey, this is the plan. This is the next thing that I'm working on. But I don't have to have anything delivered or, or whatever until like ever, honestly. Um, and so that kind of makes it work. And, and of course, this is this is nice just because my, my business has been financially successful and there's a, a, a recurring revenue stream, a passive income stream. Uh, that means that when I have those uh, slumps, I can just go hang out with my kids and I don't have to like tell my boss or anything that I'm not working today. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, that means <laughs> that that's not exactly relatable to everybody. I know some of you like go to the job and you can't just tell your boss that I'm not feeling it today. Oh, I'm doing uh, it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I have had those experiences before and um, sometimes it's nice to uh, switch gears and do something else for a little bit. Uh, and most uh, employers are totally like they, they have plenty of work for you to do. You just say, hey, listen, I'm just really struggling with this a little bit. Can I help um, Jane out with her thing or, or whatever, uh, just to kind of uh, change pace a little bit? Um, yeah, that, and that I've done that in the past and, and that's worked out pretty well for me. So when will the Discord bot actually start teaching and replace you? <laughs> yeah. That's a great question. I'd imagine that's in the future. Soon, yeah, right? well, you know what? You'd probably, you'll know when that's going to happen because I'll be um, tweeting about um, AI a lot and I'll be like, I'll make an AI course or something. Um, and by the time that's done, nobody will need to take it because AI will take over the world. And so nobody needs to code. <laughs> we just so got to find I, out where Sarah Khan is and make sure she's safe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> You know, speaking of um, of your courses, I just wanted to bring up this because uh, I'm sure things like this that you read all the time and for our audio listeners, um, thanks for creating React testing library. I'm used to ignoring the test before and I hate them. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> I hate writing them. Uh, now things become better thanks to your testing article. Like, I mean, that's that's some great feedback. So how does that how does that make you feel and how does that um, help you uh, become motivated to, to do more of this? It makes me feel great. Uh, it, it is super validating. Thank you for saying that, Himdi. Um, uh, I'm not sure if I said your name right, sorry. Midi, I, I'm not sure, sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it is validating and at this point, um, React Testing Library has, has pretty much won the hearts of most people. Um, there are plenty of people who are still, um, they like mocking things a lot and they want to use shallow and stuff. And, and I just like, okay, that's if that's what you want to do. But um, yeah, lots of people are really happy with that. Um, I've written a lot of articles about testing. In fact, I'm just going to check right now on my blog for the number of articles that I have with the um, testing um, okay. tag. There are I'm 41. Gonna, oh, I was going to guess. Uh, <laughs> oh, guess. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we, we've got, uh, I've written a lot of articles on testing and, and um, yeah, I, I don't know how I became the testing guy, to be honest. Well, I, I, I know how now, like I could tell you the story, but it was never a plan of mine to be the testing guy. Um, it just kind of happened uh, because I, I started 
writing tests. Well, so this is the way that happened is I, I got into open source. I was like writing a library and I thought it was kind of cool and whatever. But every time I made a change, I'd had to open up this little demo that I had and I'd test everything manually. I was like, what a pain is that? Um, and so I, this guy at work taught me how to use Mocha. And so I started using Mocha to, to test my stuff. Uh, uh, automated and I was like wow this is amazing um I like I have a thousand little Kents running around making sure everything works um and so I just started testing everything and when you when you do something enough you start developing opinions because of your experience and um and just because I naturally share the things that I learn and um and just share what I think is important and I share my opinions um I started uh, tweeting about it and writing articles about it and um and then I became the testing guy uh, I made a course about it and so uh, yeah, it's it's really nice to hear that my articles and and my open source software has helped people out um, because that's uh, that's not a, the the only reason that I create this stuff. Uh, the big reason is because I want to remember it, I want to learn it, uh, I want to really understand it. Uh, but it's a big reason that I create this stuff is is to you know to make the world a better place. Uh, and I'm hoping that this stuff is going to help people be more productive. And so yeah, when I hear stuff like that, it makes me feel uh, validated. And Absolutely. Any, anything in uh, testing JavaScript that you look back now and you're like, oh, hmm, should have done that different. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, this sort of thing happens all the time. No, like, there's not a lot of stuff in testing JavaScript, but like eh, all the time when I have um, material, um, uh, my opinions change, you know, things uh, or new technology comes up. Um, and that's that's the case for testing JavaScript is. Uh, there's this new, relatively new software called MSW uh, that allows you to intercept requests. And so instead of having to mock uh, modules and stuff like that, you can actually just, MSW will intercept any HTTP request that's made. It's amazing. And when I created the, so I, I created testing JavaScript in 2018, I think. Uh, and then in 2019, I did a relaunch, um, I, a V2, I just revamped everything. Um, and then um, a few months after is when MSW was created. And in 2022, I was totally focused on Epic React, but I really wanted to tell people on testing JavaScript about this cool thing, MSW. And so I just recorded a couple of videos to say, hey, everybody, um, I'm planning on updating testing JavaScript eventually, but I don't want you to have to wait uh, until I get this stuff. So I recorded a couple of videos to show you a couple uh, cool additional things. And I, I replaced a, a few things to, to make some changes. So yeah, things do evolve over time. It, it, it Most of the time it's coming out, of, not out of like, hey, we're going to do things fundamentally different from the way we've done it. Like I, I haven't made huge changes like that. Um, but it's like, hey, there's this cool new tool that means that you don't have to do all this weird stuff. Do you, do you ever feel, um, I, I mean, I know I personally do. I imagine you do too. Overwhelmed by all that actually is available. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, I don't know. So, like, actually, yes. So, people will email me all the time and say, "Hey, look at this cool tool that I built." Or most of the time, it's something that they built. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that uh, like um, that has been really helpful for me. Um, and lots of the time, it's like something very specific for like a specific use case that I don't know anything about, or I don't um, I, I know about, but I don't really. Um, have use cases for it or whatever. And so those are pretty easy. I just say, hey, I'm not your target audience. Um, and uh, thanks anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there's just, there's a huge, I, I get emails and, and tweets all the time uh, from people uh, saying, hey, check this thing out. And I just like, sorry, I can't check out everything that people tell me about. So I, I you just choose 
um, which things you're going to spend your time doing and and then move forward. Well, there's there's only so much um, so much time in a day and <laughs> there's so much technology that that we could explore. And that's why there's a, a, an array of people that excuse the pun, an array of people that we could uh, depend on and, and ask them their opinions as well. You know, I wanted to also ask you about the podcast. How's that going? Are you, are you still continuing that? Yeah, so I am. Um, eventually, I'm going to start work on season four. I think I have three seasons. Um, yeah, and uh, and yeah, I'm definitely planning on on making that a thing again. Uh, or or so the reason that I did the the seasonal release thing, um, where I just released the whole thing all uh, all at once, kind of Netflix binge style. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. So the reason that I do that is I've done a lot of podcasts. I, I uh, did Angular Air. I did JavaScript Air. Uh, I've got this three minute podcast I do. Um, I, and um, there was a React 30 that I did with uh, Michael Jackson and Ryan Florence uh, for I was it was like 15 episodes. Uh, so kind of shorter. Um, but uh, yeah, and then I have a podcast on Epic React uh, and where I'm the guest and a podcast where um, I have guests. And so like I've done all this podcasting thing a lot. And one thing that I've learned is that um, it can become a chore. Um, it just takes a lot of work. I'm sure you two both know it takes way more work than I ever oh, expected. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, especially when you're doing like, I, I did the live thing like you are. And, and when you want to have a consistent time every week, we do it at this time, finding guests that can just happen to make it at that time is very difficult. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it just became too much. And that's why JavaScript error kind of fizzled out. Um, and so when I decided, hey, I want to do this podcasting thing, I want to have guests, um, but I don't want to um, have to go through like finding guests all the time and stuff. So I'll just do a bunch of episodes, record them all in rapid succession. I'll do like two or three a week, and then we'll put them all together and just ship them all at once. And then there's no expectation on consistency from me. Uh, nobody, uh, <laughs> like people will ask me, but they're not expecting something every single week. Uh, and so that just reduces the amount of, um, um, I don't know, effort. Now okay. I'm doing a daily podcast, but it's three minutes long. It takes me like four minutes total to do the whole thing. So. Well, I mean, could could you imagine if you had to wait like a week for a new WandaVision to come out? Like, I just want to sit down, watch the whole thing in about one day and that's it. So yeah, yeah. I get it. I, I just want you to know, Kent, I am expecting podcasts from you. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I, uh, and I, I do get that quite a bit. People are like, when's season four coming out? And that, that's fine. I, I don't feel too pressured by that. Um, but uh, season four is going to happen. I have a couple of people in mind um, that uh, that I'm probably going to invite on. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know why I haven't started. I like, it doesn't actually take a ton of work. Egghead helps me with that a lot. I mean, you're do not doing anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> The reason I started podcasting in the first place was I was driving in my car, listening to a podcast and they would like talk about something and I would start talking. I would like respond. I'd be like, no, that's not how it works. Or I'd say, oh yeah. And then this, like, did they respond back? No, they never, well, luckily oh. they never did. Otherwise <laughs> yeah, you were like talking to the TV. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm just going to start doing this myself. Uh, I, I need to, I want to participate in these conversations. Um, and, uh, so that's why I started podcasting and then like, I got to talk with amazing people. I started with angular air and I, 
I started with the Angular team. Uh, that was awesome. When I started JavaScript Air, I started with Brendan Ike. He was my first guest. Like oh, I was nice. able to meet some really awesome people. Um, and, and the whole thing was just a big excuse for me to be able to talk with some interesting people about interesting things. Uh, so it's not really a chore to me, um, but it does take time. And so, yeah, that's why I just decided let's do seasonal and then I can just do it whenever I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same, yeah, same with us. We really enjoy um, just connecting with people. I know my big thing is I always want to like humanize people because people look at like you, Kent, people look at you and they're like, it's Kent. <laughs> and, and I'm like, Kent, Kent has four kids. Uh, he just ate lasagna last night. You know, our big thing is really to just to get to know people. Like, like Brian said, people put people on these weird pedestals, etc. But what what actually uh, drives you to do these things? And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great talking to you and getting some of that. And uh, like you said, getting the opportunities to talk to some of the uh, more interesting people, which yeah. is uh, presently something that we're all participating in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Frederick, do you have any uh, further questions or would you like to uh, move to the lightning round? I think the lightning round, Brian, I, I would like to do that. I'm okay. Very, cool. uh, I'll be honest. When I saw this, I was like, oh no, I'm really <laughs> bad at lightning. I, I'm I, I just ramble a lot. I just talk a lot. So get ready to ramble, Kent. Oh. Ramble time. Lightning round rambling. <laughs> okay. Ramble time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll ask the question first and Frederick, and we just go back and forth. Um, cool. My first question would be where do you mind not waiting? Where do I mind not waiting? Yeah. Oh, so like, where do I mind just like hanging out or? Yeah, you're in line somewhere. You and I'm just like, I'm cool with it. Yeah. Yes. Um, hmm. I don't know. I hate waiting. Um, <laughs> that works. That's that, a fair that, answer. There, there's nowhere that I don't mind not waiting. <laughs> That's a fine answer. Kent, let me ask you a serious question. What do you find to be your most um, favorite quality about yourself? Ooh. This is the sort of question that I would ask my kids, you know, is for like to make them feel good about themselves. I, I feel like we don't sure. love ourselves enough. Um, so yeah, that's a great question. Um, I am a very driven person. Um, I, I'm, I get really committed to things and I like that about myself. Good. Nice. Um, so, okay. Imagine this, you're in the circus, Kent. You, okay. Would you rather be the person with their head in the lion's mouth? Or shot out of a cannon? Shot out of a cannon, for sure. Okay. That sounds awesome. That would be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Kent, if you could not be around a computer ever again for some hypothetical circumstance, what would you do professionally? I would write a book, um, a fantasy novel. That's what oh, I would fantasy do. Novel. That would be really hard to do without a computer, though. <laughs> it is possible there are typewriters. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would do. Okay, you go on a trip. You Your plane crashes, a castaway style with Wilson and everything. You hit your head. You wake up. Somehow you made it back to land. You only have one technical skill that you still have. What is that technical skill? Uh, shoot. I... <laughs> With all of my skills that I have right now, I would still die. <laughs> so it doesn't make a difference what I choose. No, you made it back to land. 
Oh, oh, so like I, yeah, I survived. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. One technical skill. Um, typing. There you go. That is a technical <laughs> <All right>. skill. <laughs> Kent, imagine this. You come home. Nobody's there. It is late. It's like 1, 2.30 in the morning. It's raining, pouring. You open the door. You see a ghost. What do you do? Uh, invite them in, I guess. Uh <laughs> no, they're in the house. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh I mean they're they're gonna come in anyway, so may as well act friendly. <laughs> Ken's just like there you so. go. would you like some tea? Come on in. Yeah. <laughs> what chore do you absolutely hate doing? Uh I uh uh, cleaning toilets, uh, like cleaning the bathroom. I hate that. Nice. All right. Kent, what are you listening to for fun right now? Are you listening to any certain kind of uh, podcast or, or, or something such as that? Yes, I am always listening to a podcast. Um, one thing that uh, people know about me uh, is I listen at 3x. That's how fast. So here's here. I'm uh, listening right now to soft skills engineering. And this is so I listen to a lot of podcasts at very fast speeds and um, soft skills engineering is a favorite. Um, I've got uh, I, I listen to a lot of Tesla uh, stuff. So I've got Tesla daily and ride the lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. I love Darknet diaries. Um, I listen to a lot of books. So I like Brandon Sanderson. I'm a big fan. Um, and uh, yeah, like some self-help books and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm a listener of Syntax and Planet Money. Um, Syntax. Yeah, so I, I listen to podcasts a lot. Uh, writing Excuses is a writing podcast I listen to. Um, and then I, when I'm coding, I just, it doesn't matter um, what it is. And it can have lyrics or not, it doesn't matter. I, I don't even realize it. Sometimes it can, sometimes I'll realize that they're it's really dirty or something like oh shoot <laughs> kind of skip that because like I, I just am not paying attention uh, but i do need something when i'm coding gotcha some music yeah it's it's funny you mentioned that i heard just the other day uh dave rupert on uh shop talk he was talking about how all he all he does with podcasts is listen to them at 2x etc and i couldn't imagine going back to listening to them at like just regular speed it's so boring I, yeah, I, I think a lot of us do that. We just rush through. I want to get the info. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, like our brains are really capable. Um, people who yeah. are blind are able to listen to it at like six X or more. Um, so like, I mean, lots of that is because the parts of their brain that are processing vision are, have been retrained and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, our brains are amazing. And I, I worked up over years to get to three X. And But it means that I have to be very focused. I, I either... I'm just sitting there listening to it or um, I'm doing dishes or, or driving or something that like I can just put on autopilot, sometimes literally. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I can listen. Otherwise, I'll miss stuff. Yeah, I've just definitely... not cleaning the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely watched your videos too at 2X because uh, I, I'm like, move faster, Kent. Yeah, move yeah. Faster. You know, that's impressive because um, Egghead added the ability to slow down videos because of me. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there were a lot of people who were like, I need Kent, but slower. <laughs> and I still get that. 
<laughs> I like well, that. I, awesome. I talk fast. I don't like wasting people's time and I don't like my time being wasted either. <laughs> Would you rather be able to copy and paste in real life or undo? Oh, I find myself trying to do command F uh, in real life, like finding um, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, undo for sure. That, that one's actually pretty easy. I, I make mistakes all the time. Kent, what advice would you give somebody that is just uh, getting into JavaScript development? What would be the first place you would point them to? Sorry, I'm thinking about that last one. I'm going to change my answer. <laughs> to copy Please page. do. Go for it. <laughs> like, I, I was just thinking, if if you undo every mistake you make, like you never really learn anything. Uh, and so, and sometimes you don't realize that the the thing you did was a mistake until later. Um, so yeah, like I I wouldn't want to mess with time. So, uh, <laughs> so wait, you're undoing your answer now. I am. I'm undoing yes, my yes. answer. Yes, <laughs> yes. You realize the uh, the thick layer of irony here, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I can't do that. I guess I just gave that ability away. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you wanted advice for somebody just getting into programming. Yes, exactly. If somebody's just getting into programming, where do you point them? Say they they want they have aspirations to learn um, JavaScript. What is the first place you point them to? You know what, so-and-so, you should go here and start looking, reading, consuming. Yeah, um, th that one's actually really tough. Um, I have made sure my living building or, or creating material for experienced developers. Um, I don't teach brand new developers um, a whole lot. People need, I have assumptions that you have knowledge. Um, and so because I haven't created anything, I also haven't gone through anything. Like the, mm -hmm. my mechanism for, for learning this stuff was just playing around with things a lot. Um, and so I don't know if I can recommend that path, if there's maybe something out there that's better, like a more guided journey. Um, but like I hear great things about Wes Boss, his JavaScript 30 is good, but I think that kind of oh, yeah. expects that you have some experience a little bit. Uh, Friend and Masters, I think, has some intro stuff. That'd probably be a good place to to start. Oh, yeah, we'll add that in the show notes. That's a great one. What Brian. What do you miss most about being a kid? When I was in fifth grade, I was homeschooled, and um, I would wake up at five in the morning, and my mom would have a checklist. Actually, something like this, this is what I, I do this now. Um, and she would just every all of my uh, homework assignments for the day, I would get them all done by nine, and then I have the whole day to myself to do whatever I wanted. Um, I miss that. Uh, now I, I sort of have that, but like now I have a wife and four kids I need to look after. When I was a kid, it was just like I do whatever I want, and yeah. uh, nobody relies on me. <laughs> no, I kind of wow. your mom's awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. I, I really loved that year. It was actually a transformative year. That's like where I got my drive and my um, productivity, just like I have a checklist, I just get it done and then I can do what I want. Love that. Uh, Brian, do you have anything else? I have, I have two more. One, I just want to know like in the, uh, 11, you know, so you're 12. I'm number 12? 11 of 12. Yeah. You're 11 of 12. Years. Yeah. I wanted to know where you're, I was curious where you're at in that. And, uh, why was the JavaScript developer sad? Ooh. Oh, God. Um, cause then defined wasn't a function, I guess. Uh. <laughs> I like that because he didn't know how to express himself. Uh, oh, that's great. <laughs> Brian's uh, joke of the week. Actually, wow, that's, that's actually pretty good. Those, those punny jokes. Uh, oh, in yeah, Epic reacts, people will find that every like five or six videos, 
I have a break and uh, it's just a break video. It's like two minutes long of me saying, hey, let's do, let's just take a quick break. And I show them a, a ICanHasDadJoke.com. And we just look <laughs> at random dad jokes, like three or four of those. Um, Cody the Koala Bear also joins us and like- Oh my God, that's jokes. awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I love that. <laughs> well, Kent, we're, we're at, at the end of the show and I just want to make sure that we're telling people where to go to find more information about you. Obviously your website, which is- Kent C. Dodds, two Ds, and S.com. Uh, you're also on the YouTubes. You provided a URL of KCDIM slash YouTube. Um, you have the Twitters. You are at Kent C. Dodds on the Twitters. And uh, GitHub uh, slash Kent C. Dodds. I imagine everywhere that anyone would look, <laughs> if they go to the Kent C. Dodds pattern, <laughs> yeah. they would discover you. That Normally correct? that's the case. I, I don't think there's any exceptions so far. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. And, and, and the last thing I, I love to ask uh, the, the guest is, do you have any final words of advice for our audience? Um, so my father-in-law likes to say, uh, hmm. likes to ask, Hey Kent, is it more important to be a hard worker or to be, um, to be smart? And he says, it's more important to be a hard worker. And is it more important to be a hard worker or to be nice? And it's more important to be nice. And so it doesn't matter how smart you are or how hard a worker you are. If you're not nice, um, then you're missing out on a lot that the world has to offer. And um, and the, the world is missing out on a lot that you have to offer as well. Um, so that would be my parting words of advice. Uh, be a little introspective and think about how you can make yourself a little more nice. I like that. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending you know, your evening with us time. I always say it's the most valuable thing we have and for you to spend a little with us is great. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I appreciate you giving me some of your uh, time and the audience as well. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ken. And thanks everybody again for watching the show. Really appreciate it. We'll catch you next time. Thank you so much, Ken. See ya. Take care, all. Thanks for consuming the Thunder Nerds. We honestly and sincerely appreciate you watching and or listening to the show. Please subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. Write us for you. Keep a few stars our way. I enjoy the best podcast for technology out there, and that is Thunder Nerds. Thunder Nerds, Thunder Nerds, Thunder Nerds. That's our new intro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hope you don't mind if we use that. I'll ask you about it after the show. Oh, I love penguins. I love Frederick. Oh, I love penguins.
I should have known the Terrator didn't mean us any harm when the Sword of Omens didn't obey me. And anyway, it was just plain stupid to assume it might be bad. Just <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck am I talking about?